their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado, this is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hey everyone, welcome to the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And it is good to be back with you guys this week. Um, we've uh, been uh, kind of hunkered down here in the, for a lot of reasons here in Colorado, um, not the least of which is the the fun times with Omicron. But we're, we're, we did get out and we wanted to share some, some thoughts. Um, so this week we're going to talk about uh, a little final thoughts on our 24 to 120, which we're still trying to put through the paces just because the weather's been kind of crummy out here lately. Um, but yesterday we went out and shot with um, the new 100 to 400 uh, Z lens. So we'll talk about that mostly today. Yeah. And, and you know, just kicking off with the 24 to 120, everyone recalls I hadn't had a chance to see it or use it yet. So I, I did get a chance during this last week when um, Jason and I were out shooting together. And, you know, just my quick thoughts. To me, this is kind of a no-brainer lens almost. Mm -hmm. At its price point, you know, just under $1,100 in the U.S., that's a good price. It's, a, it's a, an extremely useful range. You know, looking at the pictures, I wasn't sure if I would like the handling of the lens. It looked, you know, somewhat unbalanced in images. Did not feel that way at all in my hands. It was extremely comfortable. Zooming was nice and smooth and easy to use. The images were very sharp. It's just a no-brainer, you know. If yeah. the focal length range aligns with your needs, I would strongly think about it. I'll put it this way: mm -hmm. Had this lens been available as an option for a kit, or even not, you know, if this lens had been available when I first moved to the Z system. You know, given my my predominantly uh, sort of travel and landscape oriented uh, workshops that I've been running and photo trips, I would have bought this lens hands down over the 24 to 70 kit mm -hmm. lens. I mean, there's no question. Yeah. And in fact, if you don't shoot infrared, which is a lot of people, um, mm -hmm. and you've got a 24 to 70, I would absolutely consider replacing the 24 to 70, you know, swap that out for, for this. And then this is your, your bread and butter camera. You can do probably 90% of your, of your photography with this lens, um, and, and be really happy with it. Um, yeah. it's, it's just very good. I think I would be tempted to replace the 24 to 200 with this lens. Mm -hmm. I would I would definitely think about it at least. It depends on what else is it's in your bag no and what you're doing. It's not a no-brainer, but it, I would think yeah. about it. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's certainly better optically. There is that. Yeah. I mean, um, there there is, the, we, I mean, we talked about last week how there is the nicety of having an all-in-one range where you can just walk around mm -hmm. um, and, and do that. But, um, you know, it, it's great. Well, hopefully get more out there, um, you know, when I can actually put it through its paces pretty soon. Um, but I've got a trip to San Diego coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, two weeks about, uh, where I'll be doing bird photography. And my plan is to take this new 100 to 400 uh, VR. Uh, it's it's um, very nice. 
Um, mm -hmm. And so we'll talk about it today and we'll kind of compare it to some other lenses that we've used in the past um, because this one slots in. It's a, you know, it's not the longest focal length, um, but this is a very good range. This is sort of a Z lens replacement to the 80 to 400 uh, F mount lens. If you want mm -hmm. to think about it, though, and that's just probably its closest competitor. Um, other things that you might will will compare it to would be the um, 200 to 500 F mount lens, and then there is the opportunity. Uh, you know, the op there is another option which is the 70 to 200 um, with a teleconverter could get you a similar kind of range. So we'll we'll talk about that, um, and and that'll be mostly what I think philosophically that's that's what you have to put it into perspective with that's uh if you're thinking about buying a lens like this it's not not uh cheap um what what would be your alternatives which what things should you consider um yeah. because i think we both could say straight up this is a very nice lens there's no question about it, it. yeah and and optical quality discussions are really easy it's very sharp mm -hmm. you know i was doing some comparisons between it and my 70 to 200 2.8 Z lens, and they it it just looked like the same lens, mm -hmm. you know, which is very very good, to say the least. Lots of fine detail, nice contrast, incredibly I just really good flare not, control. I really could not see a difference between the two lenses in practical use. Well, other so, than shooting at f 2.8, but so yeah. to me. There's not a lot to talk about on the optical quality issue. It's more like, what do you think about the focal length range, the aperture, close focus? To me, mm -hmm. those are some of the mm -hmm. interesting parameters. So let's let's go there. Then let let's just talk a little bit about the 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 you know build and the size and the weight. Um, mm -hmm. It's not small, but it's about the same size as your um, 70 to 200 28. So if you've right. used a 70 to 200 28, that's about the size. A little heavier, but not by much. Um, no. Four, 1435. Here in the hand. Mm -hmm. um, 1400 grams versus 1360. Um, so not not that much. 0.2 pounds heavier. Um, yeah. um, and lighter than the 80 to 400, we'll, which we'll talk about later. Um, but it's got the focusing ring, and I think they. Um, Put the focusing or the focusing ring is nearer to the body, which I still would rather not have. Mm -hmm. The multi-function control ring, which is the one you accidentally twist and stop, you know, <laughs> is mm -hmm. a little bit farther out on the barrel. So if you want to use that for either focus or you can customize that ring, and that's the thin ring, um, but it's in a good spot because you you can definitely find it. It's not so close to the body um that you couldn't find it uh, and the zoom ring is the farthest one out and it's the widest um the lens does extend a little bit when it zooms about three inches um from so it's not all contained like your 70 to 200 is um, and it has two lens function buttons that can be customized in your camera and that will depend on the camera that you use so the customizations yeah. may depend on whether you're shooting with a z7 or a z5 or a z9 um but those but are all there buttons that you could potentially put convert to an AF on button or an AF yeah. lock button, depending on how you shoot or, you know, or subject tracking mode. If you're right. in a, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it has the LCD display on the top. So you can get a distance scale or whatever you choose. Or I aperture think those readout. of us view that is not a big deal. 
No, it's a nice little thing, but it's certainly not anything that I would make a decision on buying a lens about. Yeah. Um, Have I ever actually used it in shooting? No. Yeah. Well, the distance scale isn't practical enough to actually be precise, right. so it's right. it's just kind of an approximation yeah. no matter what. Uh, it uses a 77 millimeter front filter, so that's very accessible yeah. to most of us. That's a good thing if you're gun. I wouldn't really be looking at filters with this, but you could shoot this for landscape work, and you might want a polarizer or something. Um, and then it has a built-in rotating tripod collar, which is incredibly smooth. It has the removable foot. Um, and once again, Nikon, and the foot's not bad, but once again, you know, we would love to see that foot be uh, Arca Swiss, right? So if I don't think anyone does that, though. <laughs> there's somebody did. There's some someone makes an Arca Swiss foot on their lenses. I forget who huh. does. But uh, anyway, if, if if manufacturers could figure that out, but um, get yourself a you, you, it, now it uses the same replacement foot size as your. 70 to 200 but it won't work with the replacement foots from the f mount lenses so if you've got like a 500 pf or a 300 one of those um it's it won't work with that um yeah so it's a different um but that actually is not a bad thing because the little dovetail that it clips into is a little more robust and if you remove that foot you you do have a threaded uh tripod socket on the bottom of the lens so mm -hmm. if you wanted to use it that way um you could and i found the action on the collar it's way nicer than the removable collars on some of those older le other lenses that we'll talk about. It's mm -hmm. just really, really smooth. So that was nice. Um, I found the handling easy to walk around with. This is a three-pound lens, which sounds like a lot, but compared to other choices, it's very, you could walk around with this most of the day. And and I think most photographers, you know, if you're used to carrying around a 70 to 200, you will not have any issues with this lens. No. For someone I, who's never had a large lens, it might feel big and heavy, but I think you get used to it. For me, I can shoot with a lens like this for extended periods of time, no problem, you know, handheld. Yeah, I, I would with agree with lenses that. Lenses like the 200 to 500, more limited, you know. De definitely works better with some kind of support, like a monopod. Mm -hmm. um, that that's for sure. This lens handheld all the way. In fact, I'm looking forward to putting it on my shoulder stock uh, in San Diego, and that should be just a great combo for for smooth panning. Um, so the VR is built into this lens, and there's no VR switch. So the only way you can get that is to go into the body and turn VR on or off. Um, and you do have the choice in the body of um, in the Z. Uh, we were messing with the Z72, which is what we have um, on or sport mode, and we recommend sport mode for anything that's moving or panning because otherwise your viewfinder will jump and you'll lose focus lock very easily. Yeah, because it's trying to resist panning and keep the image completely stable in every direction, which does not work. <laughs> I will say that in just casual testing, I was able to hand hold it down to 20th of a second, 30th of a second at 400 millimeters and get some sharp shots. So that the VR and IBIS combo on this lens works quite nicely. Yeah. You know, one, one thing I'll say is if you've got any kind of wildlife in the shot, that's not necessarily something you want to do, right? Even no. though you can get a stable <laughs> image, it's amazing how much, um, how little of subject movement can screw up your image. So it, it's one of those things where it, it's nice in terms of, 
uh, viewfinder stability. And, and if you were ever in a situation where you had a completely static subject and no tripod, that's great too. But just be careful. Yeah. Um, animals so, twitch a lot. <laughs> yeah, we went out to the local lake down our park here in town and there was some lots of Canadian geese or no, they're Canada geese. I won't, they're not really Canadian. They're Canada no, geese. No. They, they, um, they're kind of jerks, but they didn't bother us. And then we found some, <laughs> we found some other waterfowl, waterfowl around. So we, you know, we just practiced and focus acquisition was really great. I think there's a definite snappiness to, to the, the focus. This uses Nikon stepper motors. Um, and I think as long as you're pre-focusing at distance, at, at a reasonable distance, and pre-focusing with a telephoto is important anyway. It doesn't matter the lens. No. Um, so, you know, otherwise you just have this blurry out-of-focus viewfinder and you'll never find the subject. So I find pre-focusing either manually or just focusing on a relatively distant object is easy. And then, man, I was snapping onto birds in flight just no problem. The lens would just grab them. I, you know, despite some things that we've both read, I found the um, initial focus to be really quick. I mean, you can do silly things like, you know, all the way from the closest focus setting, which is incredibly close with this lens, mm -hmm. out to infinity, and that'll take a little bit longer. But that's just a silly scenario. In normal practice, it was just like bang, bang, bang. Yes. Just went and, right and there. Here's the thing. I've tested, I, I hate testing lenses. You know how much. But I've <laughs> tested my share of lenses. Um, and what I've found with the autofocus one, this one, and all the Nikon lenses I've tested is that they all focus more quickly from infinity to near than from near to infinity. So if you're going from a very close subject to a very distant subject, you're better off just focusing with the ring, you know, giving it a little manual override, getting it out to, and then things snap incredibly quickly. And this has been true with all of them. Now, one interesting thing I did see with this is that the lens, if you put it into video mode, it focuses much more slowly. So if you're mm -hmm. expecting to do like fast bird, you know, subjects, transitions um with pull focus type things in video much slower um, yeah. i don't do video and uh, you know who, who i i, I, I don't want to say who cares but it is slower with with focusing in video mode i i was doing that to see if i could record how fast it focused and i discovered it focuses much slower when you're in video mode so just a thing um and you mentioned close focusing this lens is actually very good for close focusing it gives you a magnification ratio of one to about 2.6. 0.38 is the magnification. And the rate. So that's, you know, you're almost one to two territory. Anything under one to, anything greater than one to three is pretty darn good for a lot of close-up stuff. Yeah, and just based on past experience, that really opens up um, possibilities for butterfly shooting, little frogs, things like that, that can be really fun, but you need to get in a little bit closer. Yeah, so, and you just need to, the, the working distance then becomes very, very mm -hmm. useful. So this is a, this is an interesting lens. So um, in the time we have left, let's just sort of talk about where we would see it fitting into, you know, our kit. Um, and what is it compared to and, and what would be some considerations to make? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's sort of two ways to, to view this. Um, it, it's definitely, well, the thing I like about this lens 
first and foremost is it finally gives Z shooters a native focal length greater than 200, <laughs> you know, where, where you're not. Yeah, I mean, and it's been a long time coming. And, and I know Nikon has some stuff on their roadmap. We don't know when they'll come out. But hey, you know, get get it out there. But this is really nice. And for anybody looking for sort of casual, not casual, but you can use it for landscape. You can, you know, in lieu of a 70 to 200, you pair this with that 24 to 120. Hey, there's a neat little combo. Most larger wildlife, you're going to be absolutely stellar with this lens. Um, and so one of the, you know, and, and, and if you do smaller birds, maybe you want to still have a prime, you know, if you're doing a lot of bird photography. Yeah. But we did try this lens with the 1.4 converter, which you happen to own, mm-hmm. and it was outstanding. Yeah. Focus is slightly slower, but it's still quick. It's still but there was quick. none of that milkiness. Even shooting into the sun, I didn't get any flare. The new coating, my goodness, it was so well controlled. The sharpness and detail were just outstanding, even I with the say, TC. Yeah, I would say if you get the 100 to 400 and it can afford to get the teleconverter, get the 1.4 teleconverter. Just, right. just do it. We didn't have a chance to try the 2X. My sense is that would probably be stretching things a little bit. So I would probably stick to the 1.4, but I think you would absolutely, absolutely want to have that combo because that can at the very least get you into the realm of slightly larger birds in a pretty comfortable fashion. Or slightly smaller birds, depending on your... Yeah, it depends on how you want to right, phrase it. Right, what I yeah. Mean? It I, makes I them bigger in the frame, for sure. Well, you know, 560 is a nice focal length. And one of the nice things about it, too, is you could back off just a little bit. Um, one thing that we noticed with this lens, or at least I did, is that although it's a variable aperture, you're only losing two-thirds of a stop between 100 and 400. And another nice little feature or, that we discovered is that unlike some lenses, which stop down very quickly with their variable aperture, this one doesn't. When you're at 300, you're still at f5.2 or 5.3, I think. And that's quite nice. So so um, there are some lenses where as soon as you start to zoom them, the aperture gets small in a hurry. Um, you really have to be at, I think, you, you have to be well past 300 before this lens hits 5.6. So if you're using it with a teleconverter, 1.4, you're, you're going to be at f8. Um, that's why for other reasons, I wouldn't recommend trying to do birds in flight with a 2x TC. That would be hard too. But yeah. be- between between that and a high resolution body where you can crop, you could do quite well with this for for most birds. You know, especially the mm-hmm. the medium medium sized ones and and being able to zoom and that's out. That's what I was saying earlier. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah okay. You know, so yeah, if you're shooting warblers, that. then you're still looking yeah. at needing an 800, which exactly. you know, hey, it's in development, right? Okay, mm-hmm. but uh, so yeah, it, it, it's 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 very good. Now, what are your alternatives? What would you compare this to? So you know, it's a good general purpose telephoto zoom. It's an outstanding, you know, it's great optically. It's not too big to put in your bag. You know, it's not gonna, you know, you could pair this with just one other lens for for a lot of landscape situations, and it's a three lens kit, just like your old wide mid range and seventy to two hundred. Only now you can go to four hundred. What would your other considerations be? So, Aperture's there's one, mm-hmm. right? You know what your shooting matters too. Sure. So you have a seventy to two hundred. 
you could shoot a 7200 to eight with a with a teleconverter or whatever in, in a pinch mm -hmm. um, they're both about the same size so why would you choose a 7200 well it's a different look right yeah yeah and in my case i think i'm likely to stick with my 70 to 200 and not replace it with this lens and it's because i can usually get by pretty well within the 70 to 200 range or a little bit more with the tc and i i like the handling of the 70 to 200 a little bit better um, although the length and the weight are about the same it just feels a little bit more agile in the hand because the barrel is barrel is a little bit narrower mm -hmm. the zoom ring works quicker and easier um, you know which are kind of nice things and i like using the 70 to 200 28 um, for portraits at times and it, it's just there a little go. bit nicer for that so so there's a consideration right there aperture Mm -hmm. You want to shoot at 2.8? Well, then there you go. That's a, mm -hmm. you know, that if you want to make your living at the longer end, however, you always find yourself, you know, I wouldn't recommend buying a 70 to 200 2.8 and slapping teleconverters on it because I think no. you're going to lose performance. This 100 to 400 would be a much better choice um, yes. on the zoom out. So you, if you've got a zoom out camera and you don't have a lens in this range, that would be your choice. You you could either go 70 to 200 plus teleconverters or the 100 to 400 because um, you've got a native option. Your other options are looking at F-mount lenses with the FTZ converter, which obviously adds a little bit more weight and a little bit more size uh, to your the way the lens will handle. Um, one is the 80 to 400. I think optically, these two lenses are very similar um yeah. in terms of performance from what i've seen the 100 to 400 is probably a little better certainly probably better with flare and 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 things like that with the newer coatings um but if you already owned an 80 to 400 you know would you sell it and get this one that would be a tougher choice yeah i i think if you were going to be really object objective about it and kind of cold cold-hearted in your decision you would say stick with the 80 to 400 mm -hmm. you know some of the advantages with the 100 to 400 just you know a little bit nicer handling um better vr better vr things like that but it, it's not a huge leap forward it's mm -hmm. a nice leap but it's not a huge one so if you were going to be ultra practical i would say you'd probably be fine with your 80 to 400 yeah and especially if the subjects you shoot are in that range. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to shoot smaller birds, for example, what about the 200 to 500 um, versus this lens with, say, a teleconverter? That's an interesting question because we both own the 200 to 500. And it's a lens we enjoyed what it could do, but didn't necessarily enjoy shooting with. It was very heavy. Um not the quickest focusing lens and not the quickest to zoom either yeah ergonomically it became difficult it to shoot awkward. with especially if you want to shoot handheld stuff you really were better off with a monopod i had clients who struggled um to to use the 200 to 500 and it zooms out it, it extends to this monstrosity um it's five pounds it's set, it's almost 60% heavier than this 100 to 400. And I think speed-wise and image quality-wise with the coatings, I think the 100 to 400 with the teleconverter, if you have 
the cash, <laughs> if you have the money, yeah. is the better choice for an all-purpose wildlife lens. Um, much easier to pack. You know, again, it's almost two pounds lighter. <laughs> I mean, to that's a fair, lot. To be fair, there is an enormous price difference, especially exactly. if you start thinking about um, used 200 to 500. Yes. Huge. Right. A, a used one can be had for under 1,000 U.S., and yeah, that's this is twenty seven hundred, correct. Right. So and, you know, one one burns a hole in your pocket. One is just a, a you know, neither are you know both are, are, are you know. But I I think the if you were more serious, enthusiastic, enthusiast about birding and stuff like that, and you don't gonna drop three grand. Well, you know, the five hundred PF is something that I we own, which is a wonderful mm -hmm. lens. Yeah. Um, but there are times when the zoom is more practical. So think about your subjects. If you're shooting larger birds or things where you're at variable distances, you don't need the maximum reach and you have more pixels in which you can maybe crop a little bit, you know, Z7 or heck, Z9 if you're if you're in the rich department, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, then there's not a lot of, you know, the, you can't really go wrong with this. I think the optics of, of this lens are certainly better than the 200 to 500. Um, yeah. But my reasons for not shooting the 200 to 500 all came down to packing the weight. You know, it was just crazy. Yeah. So um, throw in the FTZ adapter and it gets very big in a hurry. So yeah. um, I that that's my my take. So hopefully we'll have some more test shots. I'm gonna hopefully come back with a bunch of photos of birds from sunny California um, in a couple of weeks. I'm hoping it's gonna be sunny California, and uh, and we'll have more at that time. But yeah, it'll uh, be interesting to hear. One other thing that we should probably mention is that we're going to be um, guests on the Nikonians podcast live uh, webinar. Uh, webinar, exactly. Webinar uh, in a couple of weeks, January 27th, I believe. So we'll be live on their webinar. If you're a Nikonians member, um, you'll be able to watch that for free. I think you have Either. to be a silver member, right? Yeah, that's worth 25 bucks. You know, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. So um, that'll be fun. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to putting both of these lenses through more testing, you know, real testing, i.e. using them for photography, not taking pictures of my neighbor's house um, <laughs> and in the future and, and having fun. So until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.